Welcome to Owen and Brew's Barbecue. Today we're cooking up something straight, fresh off the flame broiled grills of the lava fields of Navarro. It's it's I guess what you would call lava goat, <laughs> lava field goat. It's roasted. You'll like it. And uh, I have a couple couple chefs in house tonight. Uh, today I am joined always the yin to my yang, the Owen to my Baru. It is Nick uh, back as always. And today's special guest, we have Axel Foley. Thank you so much for, for joining us. Oh, man, it is really my pleasure to be here with you guys. I have been on this journey with you, listening to all the episodes of the barbecue, <laughs> the podcast. I've got my spotchka or spotcha ready. And uh, I, I'm, I'm excited. I've been doing so much Watchmen talk. I yes. haven't had a chance to talk about the Mandalorian, Star Wars, and... Um, I'm really excited. This was a great episode too. I, yeah, I I was I was pretty blown away by some some moments that happened in this this episode. So glad that uh, you you kind of ended up on on a fun one, right? Yeah, this has been great. I think, and you know what? I have not had an issue with there not being um, a lot of plot in the show so far that has not really been an issue for me i've kind of liked that maybe that's because i was podcasting watchmen mm -hmm. or that mine hunter and like shows that are really deep and plot heavy and this is just kind of simple and fun and it's pure star wars and i've just been man i hear the do 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 i hear like the theme song <laughs> in my head as i'm walking around during the day Mm -hmm. Son and I just love to yell Mando at each other. <laughs> nice. Always get Mando. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I'm 100% with you on that for sure. Like I agree. Like the plots of uh, Mindhunter and, and, uh, and Watchmen for sure. But yeah, this one is, I mean, that's what Star Wars is supposed to be light and fun. And I think this series has definitely hit that for sure. Uh, actually, you know, I, I agree with Matt. You're on a, a a great episode to be joining us with. I think this is, in my opinion, the best episode of the series so far. Um, I, for, I'm going to be positive tonight for once. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're getting all your positive out because Rise of Skywalker, you're seeing it tomorrow. So you're, you're expecting yeah. a downer. Um, yeah, you're, you're, you're already going in. I'll go yeah. in high, you know, and okay. we'll see where, where it goes. Yeah. All right. And the reviews on that are pretty brutal. So yeah, I was really surprised because it's not. This is not a case of um, where you just have where we've seen in the Star Wars fandom, like for one reason or the other, people like I don't. I'm not going to like it. This is like a lot of critics who I know love Star Wars, mm -hmm. being like this is just doesn't work. Huh? Okay. Well, well, no more spoilers about oh, about. Oh, sorry. Okay. So yeah, I'm trying to stay as 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 okay. pure as possible, you know, like like the snow, um, like Mando, like Mando. <laughs> I'm I'm a man of honor, okay. So let's let's keep it like that. So, um, so uh, Axel, before we get too much further into the show, though, um, what why don't you tell the listeners where they can find find more? Because uh, you you podcast here. This yeah. isn't your first rodeo here. This no. isn't your first yeah. blurg. Um, I, uh, I uh, can be found at dvrpodcast.com. Uh, like I said, we just finished Watchmen. Um, getting back into Heath and I are going to get back into doing Mindhunter Season 2 in January. I'm going to be actually covering 
The Bachelor and also Curb Your Enthusiasm. We have a pod called nice. Curb Your Podcast. Oh, awesome. and that's with Sean, who's a comedian and friend of mine. And then um, after that, I'm going to be doing Better Call Saul and Westworld and all that stuff. So I just, this is basically, this is my job. I just keep yeah. on talking about television. <laughs> Not a bad gig. No, well, I love it. Well, I, w- I was, uh, Axel, you and I met uh, through the Lost uh, Rewatch podcast that Jack has been doing on, on Crazy yeah. Hank. And I feel like he's been he's been drawing in all sorts of people for his Lost Rewatch. It's been a lot of fun. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't say that he inspired me, but I did want to bring on other other guests for this Mandalorian um, podcast, mainly to help counteract Nick. Because, you know, if it's just me and Nick, you know, the dark side from him <clears throat> emanates over to me. I, you know, I love Nick. Nick, I oh, love thanks. you. Man. I, I, I like, I think... I don't think you're negative. I just think you're honest. Oh, well, thank you. I appreciate that. That's, I that's a great compliment. Yeah. You have to care <laughs> to criticize. That's how I think of it. You remind me of my old friend Donald who goes back to the lost days and he would love an episode. And then the next episode, he would just say, oh, man, I hated this. And it was always with so much passion. So... I, I kind of like your Nick picks and pits or whatever you say. I like them. I think it's good to kind of, uh, I don't think you overdo it. Well, I think you're going to overdo this compliment and it's going to go to Nick's head. So I need you to just kind of rein that back in. Uh, no, it's, it's good that you compliment him because then, then that means he'll keep coming back to podcast with me. So. Well, I love you too. You're awesome, man. Yeah. Well, thanks. I, uh, I I try, even though I screwed up the title from last week's episode. I, I put it as chapter five, even though it was chapter six. So, apologies for everybody that that noticed that um, little little snafu. Um, so let's let's jump into this episode. Um, Axel, your your initial reactions. Uh, you were like, "This was great." Nick, you're you're saying it's the best of the season. I agree. I mean, yeah. It's, it's what, I mean, like I said, like Matt knows. Um, I got off work and immediately got some dinner. And just watched it and finished it 30 minutes before we hit record. So I they got one viewing in. This is, you know, straight off the press hot takes, you know. And, and just, that's just how I felt. Like, I was like, okay. I mean, there's definitely some things that I could be like, come on, Mando. Don't fall for that. You know, but like, but yeah, as in the pacing, the action, the grittiness of it, I really liked this episode. I was like, I can't really, I give it like a solid A, you know. Not solid A plus, but like an A. It's like, this is a good yeah. one, you know. So, um, I think I think with both the the third episode and then this episode by Deborah Chow, um, it really has me excited and uh, for Kenobi and also you know very like okay it's in good hands like I feel like like if she's been able to do this with this m- much material you know those two episodes are still some of my favorite the yeah. third episode and and this episode so far. So. I like though that uh, just from all of our podcast, I like that you were proven right about like you know he he got like the whole band back together you know and <laughs> and, uh, and then of course you know we had predicted that this would probably be a two parter and mm-hmm. it kind of is you know so I was like it, we kind of got our our wish there you know yeah yeah you guys were on point I I thought it was great I and and it shows that those other little adventures that he had with those people were meaningful for the entire season. So yeah. 
there were some naysayers saying, well, you know, nothing's really happening. I don't, you know, what's going on? Well, we were being introduced to this world and we were being introduced to how he relates to these other characters and the trust that he builds with them. And by the time they all stepped out, and uh, met up with who was that? Was that Billy D? I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was Billy. Yeah. <laughs> um, by the time they met up, Apollo uh, Grief Cargo. Yeah, there you go. Uh, it was like a family was walking out, mm -hmm. yeah. and I felt that because we had had so much time. I mean, they each of the characters had gotten their own episode, kind of, you know. So we got it, to really feel this crew and. For me, that was important because the one thing it kind of because he doesn't take the mask off, it's just the disembodied voice, which we now know is like being recorded in a set in New York <laughs> yeah. while they're shooting wherever. Right. Um, yeah. And it's amazing how they shoot this thing, that it's all that new green screen technology that like it's a great. I know you guys have talked about that, but um, we get to feel that from Mando. That's what I enjoyed, right? Uh -huh. It's hard. He, you get the motion, you get the attitude, you get the history of the Mandalorian, his culture. But now we get to see him and who he trusted to go on this mission and how it played out was really meaningful. Um, and I mean, I loved all that. I don't know if this is my favorite episode because I think back, it's like I loved all of them. I just think this show is amazing. And John Favreau is just, I mean, the guy really, who would have thought the dude from Swingers? Right. <laughs> That's what I always think. I always think like, this is the dude from Swingers. That is yeah, always my, my, my gauge. And it's funny that I, I pigeonhole him into that, even though he's, he's branched out. I mean, we could also say this is the dude that made Elf. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, that's what's really a great compliment to John Favreau is like how far he's come from like you know the the this minor character in Rudy to mm -hmm. writing his own and directing his own in Swingers. You know, exactly. Elf. He did a, another movie called uh, Chef, which I really like. Love that movie. Chef is great. Okay. Yeah, you know, and you know, and then bringing Iron Man and really kicking off the MCU in a successful way, you know, cause I mean, mm -hmm. then you had, you know, a few Hulks that did okay, but Iron Man is what really yeah. got everyone interested. I mean, mm -hmm. yeah, no, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. Uh, th this episode, um, as, as you mentioned, uh, um, that, you know, it, it started to pull together these things that were set up almost as if dominoes were kind of clicking over. And um, there's that moment where, well, you know, I, I don't. We don't have to be, break down all the beats of this story, but to at least set this up, he gets this message from from uh, grief, and I like how formal grief is. You know, he's just like, "Hello, friend." Like, you know, it's just like, "Hey, yeah. you know, I've put our differences aside. Like, I lived, you lived, we're good." But this um, is, yeah, sorry. No, this, no, go this for is it. one of those moments where you know it's from another movie. I can't think off the top of my head, but like where. You know, because I remember the other character goes, I have to try, you know, but it's like, it's one of those ones where he is, he's too polite, he's too formal, where it's like, this is clearly a trap. Don't fall for <laughs> it, man, though. I mean, that was my thoughts. I mean, it was like, this is a trap, you know, and and then, you know, again, I get proven right later on that it, it kind of was. Well, but grief even is, he is kind of lying because <laughs> he says, I'm yeah. going to provide loyal guild members as protection. 
Mm. We, we find out later on that these are not loyal guild members. Do you guys think this is what I was thinking? Cause I got a mm -hmm. chance to watch it twice today. I watched it by myself and then I watched it with my son. Yeah. Me and <laughs> the second time I kind of picked up that when he says to him, you know, when he takes them out, he takes mm -hmm. those loyal guild members out and he tells them, Oh, Hey, this was going to be a trap. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He says, but after what happened last night, I decided not to do it. Right. Do you think he, I kind of got the, I was still kind of feeling like, no, you just kind of got scared of baby Yoda. Like you weren't really like, you didn't feel bad about it. I think you just kind of felt like you realized how powerful mm -hmm. yeah. this thing is and you're kind of, your fear kicked in and everything. And you were just like, okay, I, maybe we should protect this thing in some way. You're right. Yeah. I mean, I think you're really onto something there. Um, in that, you know, when they come down from the ship and he actually sees him, because he this is the first time he's seen him. You know, he didn't, didn't know what it was. He does see that it's unique. Um, I think he even, com yeah, he comments during the camp scene that I've never seen anything like this before. So, and that he comments that they were willing to pay King's ransom for, for Baby Yoda. So, you have to think, he's probably thinking, okay, there's maybe another opportunity here. You know, um, if if I double cross again. And then, but then, of course, after Baby Yoda saves his life, which he does. I mean, because he was a dead man. Yeah. Um, that that really might have cemented it. Okay, okay. A, it's unique. A, King's Ransom. And wow, if it's got this kind of power. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That uh, Why would I just turn it over to someone I want dead anyway? Yeah. So, so if they make it out of this, I kind of feel like I don't, I still don't really, I love the character, but I don't trust him. No. <laughs> No, that'd be a fool to trust him. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, Axel, did your son also laugh at the the line? Uh, He's trying to eat me. Yeah, <laughs> too funny. <laughs> My yeah. kids lost it at that line. They, they just they just thought they just thought that was the most hilarious thing. He went nuts when they're down when they're in the like I guess cargo bay or weapons stash area, and then the ship starts going side to side. Mm -hmm. Start. Uh, my son Lachlan, he started jumping around and he goes, it's baby Yoda. I knew it. I knew it. And they wow. go up and baby Yoda's doing this. And he, and he turns to me and goes, I told you they shouldn't have left baby Yoda up there. That's really, so truly that, wonderful. They met the mind of a child. What, what I, what I love about this though, Axel, is that I, that I also have some, some validation for, cause I, I see, I see it through my kid's eyes yeah. and I always like to kind of, I like to watch it myself and I like to share it with them. And there are those moments of this show that are for them, you know, like uh, it's, you know, whoever's put, you know, whoever's writing it, directing it, you know, like there, there are always these little nuggets, I guess, thrown in that, that they react to. Like when baby Yoda pops his little head down, he's looking around and then he climbs back up and that, that ship, my kids did the same thing. Like it's baby Yoda. He's, he's, you know, and you know, they just, they thought that was hilarious because my mind immediately went to more of a logical thing of like, Oh, some other bounty hunter is shooting at them again. Mm -hmm. you know? And then I was like, and then I went, Oh wow. It's bad. That's yeah. That makes total mm -hmm. sense. You know? That's why he, that's why I remember that. Cause he really surprised me. I think it goes past even the um, kind of funny moments. Like 
I particularly think about the montages, like when we see how the robot was retrained and taken mm -hmm. care of. Mm -hmm. I think that these type of um, narrative devices are really kind. It's like it does help kids, and they 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 can kind of attach to the growth in that little bit of time. And then you get the feeling of the nurturing from that one character, yeah. because I see whenever they, they go into montage, which they do almost every episode. Yeah. He kind of pays really close attention to, cause there's change happening. There's action, you know, and it kind of draws a kid in and it tells like a little, there's like a little lesson in it too. Right. Mm -hmm. So I really, yeah, this was a sweet episode. He loved it. It's Go ahead. Oh, oh no, I just was going to say, and, and that lesson though about about the you know I, seeing the IG eleven droid being rebuilt, um, you know they still play this ominous music where my son's like, I still don't trust that droid, like he, he might, you know, like and and I they want you to feel that. I mean, we yeah. we're we're seeing it through Mando's eyes and how we're like, yeah, like. At least on two different occasions, you know, they zoomed in just on the red eyes of IG Eleven mm -hmm. to give you that, like, hey, he might just twitch and like some yeah. false memory comes back in and wants to, you know, you don't know. But uh, this one, you know, because I know Matt and I had talked about this about how we're not quite sure how much time has passed since the first episode until now. This one kind of gave me a more with this montage an indication of how much time. Because, I mean, it would take a long time to rebuild and reprogram and train a droid yeah. to do that, I would think. So, I mean, this has got to be months, you know. Mm -hmm. That's what I thought, too. It, yeah. it, I think maybe that helped us see that, too, and feel as we're coming to the end of the season that what we've seen is a longer journey than maybe like he's been at these spots a little longer than we realize. And I especially think about which was that episode five um, when he, when he kind of rescues and meets that woman. Oh, the chapter four. Yeah. Chapter four. Okay. Yeah. That they were there for a little bit longer. Mm -hmm. We may have thought that it was like weeks or so, or maybe even a month that they were there. Um, but I kind of, it made me feel like I had really grown through the season. I, I believe the, the Cara Dune character in that episode even says like, Hey, we raised hell a few weeks back here. You know? right. And so there's, there's that passage of time. And um, you know, as, as we've been critical of, of those, those episodes that were standalone, I think in some ways though, it is, it has repeatedly shown us that he's, he's coming to his, his, his end of his rope of like, there's only so many people he can turn to, you know, he went back to the, the, uh, the high school kids last week, you know, like right. the, the losers, you know, and, uh, see them again, I bet. Oh yeah, but oh, yeah. I mean, it, it showed us kind of also like that growth, like where he was before he met Baby Yoda, and and now where he is is now, um, you know, in juxtapos juxtaposed with those those characters from the past. But um, I I think that that also sets up where when he does get this message from grief, where he's like, yeah, I I this is an, a, a good opportunity. I can I can only run for so long, you know, like I can only. So, I, I don't know. I guess I like the fact that that at least established 
that aspect of, of there's no, and maybe that's how Mando always ran before. I mean, we, we've joked about it. Like he's no dad, like, like he's not a good dad that leaves this kid alone. And I guess at least, you know, the fact that Cara Dune's like, we got to find somebody to take care of this kid, you know, and then that sets up us going back to Quill's planet, which I don't know if we ever really officially got a name of that, that, that planet. I don't think we did either. No. Um, but it, it at least set up that, that aspect of Quill. And then of course, how, how IG 11 comes, you know, becomes reintroduced and, for a moment there, I was like, oh, so this explains all of those posters that we keep seeing, like why IG-11 was featured, yeah. why Cara Dune was featured, you know? It's like, okay, maybe this is his crew, you know? Yeah, I th I, I hope so. And I, I think that they're hinting towards, and I, my be I believe they're already in production on season two, mm -hmm. right? So. Yeah. And the way that they kind of workshop these things or story shop them, I'm sure that they're laying down what's good, what's to come. And I feel like IG-11 is going to change in some way or grow and become more of a character again, you know, yeah. like kind of like resurface uh, because of exactly what you're talking about. All the shots, that's not just only an allusion to his family being killed and his hatred of droids i think it's more towards that specific droid so i i kind of like that idea well it does set up the the psychological you know fact that he has this trauma with droids doesn't trust them and i liked that this 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 episode we finally got to see that kind of come full circle you know like the you know you can only be mad at droids for so long um I thought droids. <laughs> I thought Quill had some really powerful lines in this episode when he he says something like, "You're gonna have to trust you trust me. You're gonna have to trust my hands and like my craft and the fact that like what, I mean he's very proud of what he can he can accomplish on his own and um, all of all of the the backstory with with Kara Dune. So as as he does go to visit Kara like we we kind of i mean even if you saw it coming like i like the fact that we got a payoff of her being a rebel shock trooper mm -hmm. you know like that storyline came back around and so that moment when he he says like oh no he's not a warlord this is a ex-imperial you saw that look on her face and, and i love her expression where she's just like i'm in like like you, you, that was the hook you know you just had to dangle like this you know, Imperial thing. And, and, you know, they show her bar fighting, which uh, Nick, what did you think of that? Like that tether kind of electric I, tether? I kept wanting to kind of know what it was. Is it, is it a way to keep the fight fair? Like, so you're not too far apart or, or what was it? And then I kind of thought it was a little bit cheating her using it as like a, a strangle rope, but uh, <laughs> I, I enjoyed the, uh, the fight. You know? course that's what she does so she you know as in in her real life yeah that's, yeah that's right so it's true yeah i thought it was cool i like when they i mean that's what's fun about this show is they throw stuff in like that you know mm -hmm. um and it kind of draws you into the world and reminds you of who she is right and the world that she's living in there so it's not it's not going to be too for her to agree to go with him he knew she was going to come Mm -hmm. you know? 
Um, He's rare to go. She's rare to fight. I thought it was cool. I I thought it was cool the way, like you self submit by hitting the belt. Yes, and it disappears. Yeah. So it's like she couldn't have really hurt him. You know, and like at any time, Mm -hmm. one of them. It's like almost like flag football in a way. Like I thought that was kind of cool. It it took me a second because I I think I blinked or I looked away or you know at at that that the first time through and so it was you know I had to kind of like pay attention I was like oh that's how okay yeah he tapped out you know Um, so and and clearly like this is also how she she picks up some money you know this is how she's she's kind of getting by Um, it uh, also reminded me of uh, Indiana Jones you know right yeah late Raiders of the Lost Ark, the fact that like she's the toughest broad in this place and she's going to drink everybody under the table. She's going to take your money. Like she's, you know, she's just as tough as, as all of these. So um, to go up against a death, Mirian uh, death, is that, is that right? Death, Mirian pronouncing that right. Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay. So um, let's, uh, we get a couple mentions of chain codes in this, this episode. Yeah, I kind of <clears throat> was puzzled about that. I mean, do you have any thoughts? Uh, me, I, I no, I just or love it when they throw in things like that. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I don't know. You know, I'm I'm still you know thing. I'm still trying to figure out is how the fob works. Like, why thinking right. at it? Can he take it out of Baby Yoda? Is it DNA into it? Like, mm-hmm. I still don't understand. Right. That's been so. So when they mentioned that, I just figure that that's going to play into something later. You know, that they're going to have to switch a chain code or (laughs) telling you that word. Yeah, no. That's a good theory. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's very good. Because the chain code, she mentions it because she's like, look, you know, like, you know, if somebody picks up my chain code, like, she's going to be arrested, you know. it didn't seem by like New Republic, but but you know, but I guess the, Im- the Imperial, the sort, the scout troopers that we see later on, as they're entering town, you know, Grief Karga's got got Mando and the the, the binders there. Um, they want to see a chain code, so and then he whips out his ID and they they scan it. So so I assume this has something to do with with their ID. Perhaps it's also related to uh, this this idea of of your DNA, you know. DNA chain, you know, it, you know, maybe it is connected in some some way. Like, like, I don't know. Um, you know, we're we're getting new Star Wars jargon all the time. I like the world building. Um, it it doesn't have to beat you over the head with it. So those casual fans, you know, like my kids, it's not like they're like, what's chain code, Dad? Um, we got to see a unique blue drink in this bar too, like just very briefly, but. Uh, I was kind of wondering if this was the ale that those uh, uh, people were making, those those raiders in Chapter Four. Like you saw those big oh, batches wow. of like like blue wow. liquid. I was kind of wondering, like, are they making some kind of alcohol off of this krill? Like, what? Why would they steal from these these villages? Oh, well, you know how it is, man. Any planet you go to. They're going to make alcohol out of something. (laughs) (laughs) You guys got a toilet bowl around here? Even in a a galaxy far, far away, they'll distill that if they can. If they can figure out how to make some hooch, they're going to make it. Uh, 
Yeah, yeah, go ahead, Nick. Well, I was saying the the one thing I wanted to talk about, even though it's a, a short thing, I thought it was really well. It was me just reacting. It was the arm wrestling scene oh, on the yes. ship before they land. Yes, because you know it just looks like okay, what the, you know they're just killing time. They're arm wrestling, and then like let's want to double the bet, which you think at least I thought like okay, maybe Mando's faking it, and now he's want to double the bet, so then he can just like ah, I get double money, but that's not what happens. You see all of a sudden Baby Yoda raise his hand, you know, and and force choke. Uh, Kara. Yeah. And my mind, because like I know someone had post, you know, had posed a theory somewhere that like, what if Baby Yoda is actually evil? <laughs> you know, like, and uh, <laughs> so my mind kind of went there, like, why is he force choking Kara? You know, and then Mando mm-hmm. just picks him up and automatically seems like, no, she's my friend. You know, she, you know, and I'm like, how do you know? Like, how do you know that Baby Yoda was not just trying to be evil right then? And that's just the way my brain works. But then I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm just overreacting. <laughs> you know what, man? I've been re-watching uh, all the movies in anticipation of the new one and also just because Disney Plus came out. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things that I picked up on and I was talking about it with my son is – we forget, I mean, Yoda, when we originally meet him on Dagobah, is mm-hmm. like a total wise ass, and he mm-hmm. like he's stealing stuff from Luke. And then True. every time Luke says something, he's like, oh, you will be afraid. You <laughs> will be. Like Yoda was kind of a little, take it like in the prequels, he kind of was, I guess, you know, he's sitting high on the hog, right? part yeah. of the, uh, the senate and all that and the jedi council but then you see what he became mm-hmm. so it makes you think like what is this species and we've seen baby yoda like just eat that frog you know <laughs> and laugh and and make the ship go crazy he's kind of mischievous mm-hmm. yeah so i don't think that he's necessarily and i like the fact that they don't make him all super cute. He's always nice. And I'm glad you pointed that part out because it not only shows the strong bond he has with Mando and right. Mando only, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, <clears throat> he's capable of doing that. Yeah. Another another Baby Yoda to kind of go with that uh, is, or Baby Yoda moment, is uh, when they they actually go to, to they're talking to Kara in that, uh, that place. Um Baby Yoda does a little mimic walk, like he's trying. He's trying to walk like Mando a little bit, like oh, you know. Back and watch that. Yeah, it's just, it's very subtle, but like just like the the swagger that that he kind of like. It's like he's watching them and always learning. So, um, and then I also think of like how kids, like if if you've raised a toddler, at some point, you know they're, you know they don't know their own body. So you know it's like. Uh, and I, I think of that as, I guess, in that moment where it's like they don't know right from wrong. You're actually there to to kind of guide them a little bit. So it, there is a little bit of, of you know, kind of like is Baby Yoda manipulating the force around him willingly or is this a passive thing that is just kind of like happening? So it's definitely a good good thing to kind of think about and maybe something that will continue on until we get more information about you know in season two well you know this story at some point if there if this progresses and and mando is able to turn off the fob or stop anyone from trying to get a baby yoda and they stay together 
there is kind of like the eventual idea that comes up in scenarios like this and in like the Westerns and samurai movies that this thing is based on and takes so heavily from where Mando would be like, sees baby Yoda start acting like him and is like, I'm mercenary. Is that really what I want for baby Yoda? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like he's got a, he, he goes from being the protector to being a bad example for baby Yoda. And maybe Mm -hmm. that's something that we might not deal with until like season two or something, you know, Mm -hmm. I could foresee a point at which he kind of like, you know, like rejects him or wants someone else to take him because he feels like, and maybe that's a little kind of hint of it. Mm -hmm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Good insight. And maybe that's why baby Yoda's kind of acting like this lately and kind of, you know, he's acting out a little bit, you know, he needs attention. (laughs) <laughs> it's true. He just leaves him on the you know the the deck of the ship. You know, he checked on him one time, right? Yeah. Did he? When was that? I remember. I, was it when when the um other uh, bounty hunters were taken out? No, because he was gone by then, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it was at some point. Oh no, it was when the it was at the campfire. Yeah. When when the uh when those big creatures, flying creatures. <clears throat> Hacked, which was an awesome scene it really yeah. was and yeah. mando go moves over and he like closes the case really quick or makes mm-hmm. sure baby yoda was okay and i was like wow that's kind of you know because he keeps on bringing him into bars yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, he really he checked on him that was interesting I, I thought that that was like improvement like like if i've knocked mando's parenting skills i'm gonna give him a plus one for actually like and he got a new crib for him made you know, like, like, uh, you know, he asks, uh, he asks Quill, you know, well, I got something I got, you know, I, I think he was trying to get him off of whatever that subject was. Cause, uh, I can't remember. I've watched it, it. it being, in, uh, wasn't that the scene where they're arguing with him and care about, you know, him being a slave of the empire and, yes. you know, and yeah. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. And then yeah. He, he, he purchased it through his hands, you know, his freedom and yeah. that which, was a great scene too. It was yeah. Yeah. about him. Yeah, yeah, we learned about him having that uh, the fact that he worked for the Empire, and uh, it. What was interesting too is is there is a moment where before she finds out that Quill was was ex Imperial, um, I I kind of felt like he was hitting on her. Did you pick up on that? Oh yeah, well he did. Yeah, because he's like, oh, this one though, this one was like you know from the Cyto yeah. Caves of Nora or something yeah. like that. But that was another little bit of information just prior yes. to that. It was very interesting. I'm glad you brought that up because it made me think of it. You know him because we've wondered that about Baby Yoda. Like you know, was, he's home. Right? He, you know, and he said no, he's not engineered. Yeah. He actually looks like he's evolved from something you know which mm-hmm. i kind of quit with a question mark in my nose like evolved i'm like so does that mean he's seen this species before or like i don't you know how can you say something's evolved maybe that's just yeah. the way he, that he's saying it's it's organically growing and the and the fact that it has wrinkles and it's not okay. it's not yeah. perfect it's it's imperfect they there was a i think it's mando that mentions like is that he had thought that it was a strand cast which i thought was interesting because we're not even getting the term clone we're getting the idea that like strand strand of DNA cast from that, you know, so we're getting some other jargon thrown in there, but yes, it answers a great question. And the fact that, uh, well, these gene pools, so he worked, he worked in them. So he knows a little bit, so we can at least trust, you know, 
of all the people in this story, we can at least trust Quill. Yeah, he's spoken. And we, yeah, that's true. And we got um, in that same conversation. I'm glad you all brought this up because that was so interesting to me. Mando, he says, I, I think Quill says to him, like, did you see the guys who wanted him or something? And he says, I didn't see the insignias. Do you hmm. remember that? He mentions it, insignias. And I remember after the first episode, there was a lot of talk about how some of the guards had the clone insignias on on their yeah yeah the the clone the the one doctor had a cloner's uh you know symbol right um, so yeah. it's a little bit of the writing too to kind of like make us look back and see okay we're on the right track maybe it's it's not that baby yoda's a clone but that they want baby yoda so they can clone him exactly mm-hmm. sure and that's what that doctor was taking from him now they did they did end up working him over a little bit, right? When they took mm-hmm. him back. So maybe they did get enough already to clone, but they want more mm-hmm. or they didn't realize how powerful he was, or maybe there was a problem with the cloning or something like that, you know, but I picked up on that word too, evolved. Mm-hmm. I thought that was an interesting word. Yeah. And then I sure. maybe he just used it because he's familiar with the nomenclature from working with the other, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, but then I started thinking maybe, I don't know. We don't know anything about the Yoda species. So are they like Pokemon? Do they? Evolve? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you know, There's a tadpole version first. Yeah, who knows? Right. Well, it's like, a, like I said, like last episode, he's basically gizmo without the hair. Yeah, you know, yes. and and so like, does he like? Do you put him in water for him to you know <laughs> reproduce? You know, or what? You know, like he's a carnivore. Don't he's a carnivore, but not after midnight. And, uh, yeah, even though it looked pretty dark. So mm. <laughs> it's kind of hard to know when midnight is when there's like eighteen suns. Or something. Yeah, true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I did like the uh, you were talking about the campfire scene earlier with the. I didn't know mm-hmm. what I just wrote down pterodactyl because I didn't know what they were. So I was like, it looks like a pterodactyl, but you know, there was a lot of them, and that. It was the first time I think I've really jumped in anything Star Wars where you know he stands up and he's about to, you know, and just like, what the heck is that? Yeah. yeah. I loved it. I love, you know, um, I think you guys talked about this too. I'm playing um uh what's it, Fallen Order? Right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh on Xbox. And one of the things about that game is there's you don't only have to worry about the stormtroopers. You have to worry mostly about the little creatures. Mm -hmm. And that's always such a hallmark of star Wars, just going back to the millennium Falcon inside the mouth. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, That there's always like some little creature pops up. So I thought it was so awesome that he's like, you know, we'll be safer. And he's like, look out for the Jawas here. But then, He doesn't mention these like freaking 18 wing foot wingspan pterodactyls that are out in the desert. Yeah. It it reminded me of the Minoc, but the head was different. The head was more like a dragon of some type. So, um, cool. That scene was great. It was great. It was so simple. Um, well, and, it, and it showed that it was like everyone was a threat, you know, because they got mm-hmm. one bounty hunter, they got two of the uh, the, the, the creatures, blurgs. the blurgs. Yeah. It, and then they started to take one of the blurgs 
they they did take one of the blurbs away. One of the blurbs was being taken, and I don't understand what happened in the shooting. Perhaps maybe the other blurb died. Top I think, yeah, that's what I said, because you oh. see there's three, and then it landed on top of it, and it probably mm. was either too wounded to carry on or whatnot, yeah. Right, because they're down to one, right. you know, there at the end, yeah. So. Yeah. But yeah, since we're just on that scene, we might as well continue it, you know, and, and we see mm-hmm. uh, we see Lando that got hurt. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Carl Weathers, uh, you know, and then he, it is, it's a big gash, you know, yeah. in his arm, you know, and you're like, oh, wow, you know, he's really hurt. And, uh, and the fact that, I mean, I love that you could see it coming, you know, even before it happened, you're like, maybe Yoda's going to save him. He's going to yeah. save him, you know, and which he tried to do to, to the man, Mandalorian. Yeah. Great, great, uh, you know, s- series, I guess, payoff there with, with some of these things. And, and, you know, perhaps that's why we're gushing so much about this, this episode is that, all of these, like I said, all of these dominoes finally started like clicking into place, you know, and right. I'm sure some fans would have liked this probably like at chapter four, <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. you couldn't have had Kara. You couldn't have had some of the, you know, maybe, maybe you could do without the, the Tatooine episode um, in there. But uh, again, I think when they, when they broke down the season, I think that they probably said, okay, point A to point B, first three episodes this is how we're going to end it and in the middle we've got these these open ones so writers directors this is where you're gonna you know find your voice Mm -hmm. you know and and, you know kind of play in the sandbox of star wars without breaking the china well it's also you know i always think about it with all these shows now whether it's whether it's on a streamer or a network or cable that they're going to be binged Mm-hmm. We're watching it as it happens, but just like a vast majority of people are going to see a film on TV or Blu-ray rather than in a theater, the lifespan of this is going to be the vast majority of people are going to watch it probably after it's already been on because it's oh. going to be there for years. So I think that that's why I, I just once I kind of felt what it was in the first episode, I just settled in. <laughs> this kind of took me by surprise that there was so much plot and there mm-hmm. was like when he was like hey we're you know do you have when she says to him after the the um the fun in the cockpit incident with baby yoda and she's like is there anyone you trust i was like oh they're getting the band back together <laughs> hey. and you know it was just great and then i don't know it was just scene upon scene um and it was Quill who says uh, to Carr, like, let baby Yoda touch him. Yes. And so there he's, everyone had, if, if he wasn't there, then that wouldn't have happened. They needed that person to be a part of the team. He, you know? he's, he has always been that way. I mean, he, not only with that scene, but there's another scene where he's like, let, let this person talk. Like, I mean, there was another moment in this episode where Quill's the one that kind of is, He's he's kind of the cooler head that prevails, and yeah. so uh, we haven't talked about his fate yet. But boy, I'm really rooting for him because we we need that voice of reason for Mando. Who, let's face it, you know, if 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 things go down, I think maybe Mando's knee jerk reaction is to run, and that's why we saw three episodes of him running on the run. You know, like maybe that's just built into him. It's a know, good psychologically. That's a good point. Mando just likes to love him and leave him, baby. Yeah, well, I mean, he's <laughs> that's what you know. People who have trust issues do, though. You know, it's like yep. you know, this is the way. 
Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, so wait, so you think that there's a chance that Quill might be alive? Because I thought, well, he's dead. That's I did too. But now that he says that, Matt says that, I'm like, that's possible. I mean, it is Disney where he could just, you know, the shock of the laser blast hitting, yeah. you know, him being thrown from the thing just knocked him out. I mean, that's perfectly logical. So, yeah. okay. so when I was when I was rewatching it, I actually was looking at his backpack because I was like, okay, if he was shot, like, like maybe maybe that backpack is just on fire and he is actually not like dead, you know? Like I was looking for anything that could have like like absorbed that blaster shot, or maybe maybe they hit the blurg and he went flying because there is something smoking behind him. Um, maybe, or maybe Baby Yoda did something. You know what I mean? Like threw him off or protected him in some way and got mm-hmm. because there were elements as we've been talking about where Quill is developing a relationship with Baby Yoda. You yeah. know, and if he feels like he's part of the team, and then we saw what happens when Baby Yoda thinks one of his family members is in danger. Maybe he helped him. I just, I want to believe that because I love the character. Mm. I think that I loved his episode and I loved this part when he's getting the Android back together, uh, not Android droid back together. I thought that that was just such a beautiful touch in learning of him. Like, like you were saying the repeated times he would say like, you know, I got out of there with my own bare hands or I built this or mm-hmm. you know, just like yeah. it's that classic kind of teachable Star Wars that I love and enjoy. And this is why I've loved this whole. Se- I mean, I think this is the best thing since Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. I really do. I, I mean, I loved I love all Star Wars stuff. And even when I don't really I think it's a little bit I didn't love it. Some of the prequels and such. I still love it. But sure. this, to me, feels the most Star Wars since Return of the Jedi because they're giving us those like little teachable moments, mm-hmm. which is important for kids. But also, it's what I loved about Star Wars. That's what separated it from other things, you know. Um, really, really great point, points, Axel, and I, and I hate to uh, I hate to to move on, but. I think I think there's a really great teachable moment here in this podcast, which is that we actually have to take a commercial break. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry for for those of you that had to to wait through that commercial break. It was a teachable moment, though. Um, <laughs> and uh, and I hated to break up Axel's flow because I I really do think you know you're making some great points. I think that's also the great thing about having all of these these special guests that we've had. You know, it's like. Everybody's backstory, everybody's history with with, with Star Wars and and uh, the things that we can kind of come together on. Um, the uh, you know I also wonder too like there's one character that we haven't talked about in relationship to Quill, although you, you were just mentioning him, IG Eleven. Wouldn't IG Eleven seeing his former you know I guess dad <laughs> you know I mean re- rebuilt him? Would this be the moment for IG Eleven to see? Oh, he's hurt. I'm going to help I him. I love it. Yes, I love that, that he helps him. And then that also would make Mando trust him. Mm-hmm. Boom. Nailed it. Oh, we already, we like, already broke oh, down man, chapter eight. I'm growing. I can love droids now. Hmm. Things have changed. I don't know if he'll ever trust droids, but I could see I could see him, I could see IG-11 seeing his, his former, you know, 
savior, I guess, or, you know, father or whatever he thinks of him. Um, you know, at least, you know, there's that scene where, where Quill's actually holding his head and kind of like, you know, like his dead body there. And it's actually kind of really sweet. touching, man. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, you could see Mando saying something like, I'll make an exception. Destroyed. <laughs> you know, that'd be a nice, man. Don't lie. Oh, but you know, we lost someone else this episode, and I had a question for you guys. Yeah, let's 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 move to to that that one important scene, the, mm -hmm. the showdown, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. like we, that is probably the one part that we haven't talked about. A little bit, just just a little bit. I, I, oh, I, sure. Yeah, we get to the, just the intro to that because I really liked the the entry into the town because I like seeing. I love biker scouts. I always have, you know, uh, right. scout troopers, and so just the fact that there were two, I was like, this, I like it, you know, and then. You know, and then of course the whole time with uh, Carl Weathers saying like, "Oh, there's only four. I'm like, "Whatever." <laughs> there's isn't gonna be four people, you know. And then of course they're immediately like, "This isn't four. Oh, but there's only four guarding the client." Uh, and then okay. two others come in, and you're like, yeah. "Now, now there's six. Like, yeah, yeah." And so, but yeah, that's Wait, it. What did he eventually say? He said, "There's more than four. And he said, "What are you gonna do about it?" Yeah, it is what it is. Like, yeah. yeah. That was great. That whole scene was so tense, mm -hmm. and um, it 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 brings you back for from when he escaped there. Yes, all the other Mandalorians came down and were mm -hmm. helping him, and it's like he's back here. And the last time we were here, he was being attacked by everyone, and he got out though. Mm -hmm. But now he's walking back in to the Hornet's Nest. And it just keeps on getting worse and worse. Like you get that feeling of every step they take, they're just farther away from being able to escape this situation. And I thought that they, they really ramped up that tension so well. Um, it really played out fantastically. And Werner Herzog, when he shows up again, mm. I love that dude. I especially like how... Well, he was sitting there and he's talking about the Republic and now it's lawlessness. And then he just yeah. like, let me see the child. <laughs> he, doesn't even, <laughs> he doesn't even take a breath. Yeah. He just like stops his whole monologue, right? He just goes, let me see the child now. <laughs> and oh. A great line reading by him. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, I, I want to say something also before we get to there. Like, sure. Uh, because when uh, Carl Weathers, you know, you know, tells them before they enter the town, like, Hey, you know, I was going to kill you, but now I'm not. Goes, right. What's the plan? And he says, you know, then they come to the, Oh, just say that you captured me and I'm your prisoner. I was like, really? We're going to go with the cell block one, one, you know, like, <laughs> like we're going to go with a new hope, for, you know, the, the old prisoner gag, you know, or yeah. trick. You know, but, I mean, I thought it was funny. I was like, okay, whatever. Um, and then shoot, what was I going to say? But yeah, I agree with you. The, the, the what he's talking about, I wrote it down somewhere, but just, I love that whole speech about that, how like the empire brought every, every system. That's what he's talking to the Mando. Like, why did you resist this? You know, every yeah. system that the empire touched, we brought more positivity, more income, more everything to this. It's like, and what do I see when I look around, you know, chaos, you know, like, it's like, it's like, wow. Like just the way people have perspectives of like, do you like control or do you like freedom? Even though you may be mm -hmm. miserable, it's freedom, you know? And like, it's, I, I just, I like that duality in the, in the thought process. Me too. Me too. Oh. Man, you know what? Uh, that's why, you know, slam all the trade war stuff in the prequels, but it does lend a depth to this galaxy. Right. And, and these stories mm -hmm. and 
this episode especially, we were talking about it before with you get Quill's backstory and you get so much about Kara and, and there's so much talk and like world building. Yeah, especially the, the divisions that are still there. It's yeah. just like they've, they've been through the Civil War and you're seeing both both people on both sides, you know, having to put, put aside those differences come together on something that they both believe in. Uh, I wrote down Quill's quote because I, I really liked it. He said, um, you know, he's only doing this for the, the child. He says, none will be free until the old ways are gone forever. Mm -hmm. Also reminded me of the Kylo Ren, like destroy the past kind of thing. So that's why I think this episode, though I have no idea any link it has mm -hmm. to, uh, to Rise of Skywalker, I think it does play into the overall themes, uh, which is of the resistance versus the rise of an empire that may provide economic security in some sense, but wants to quelch your freedom and do all this other bad stuff so it's like you know it's it's world building that i think is cool going on not just from this but into kenobi or however i mean my hope is that they're doing two three four of these a year five years out from now because i just i'm a fan i think star wars works best as a tv series that's just the way i feel it's based on a serial mm -hmm. that's what the they come from mm -hmm. Lucas gave them these episode titles because it was in honor of that and an homage. And now that we have the opportunity to spend that money, I mean, look, one episode of the Mandalorian is like the budget of star Wars. <laughs> you know what I mean, so they have the capability. This is the way to tell it. And we could really get into this world. You know, it, it, it would be. A, and by the end, I, I, I feel like the Mandalorian, I don't know what the, the final runtime of throwing all of these together, but you know, perhaps it'll be even a more satisfying, like two and a half hour, three hour block of time. You know, where you can just binge all of them. You know, it's like, Hey, mm. we're just going to do it. You know, it's going to play out like a movie, you know? Mm. So, you know, who knows Disney plus two, they're putting all alternate cuts and stuff. Mm -hmm. At the end of the season, they might offer this as a movie in the same way that Netflix had oh. Tino recut hatefully mm. into like uh, episodes. They might go the opposite way and release this as a movie. I it think would, be, it would be cool if you know you could just stream the whole the whole thing. Yeah. You know, just have like the little yeah. Um, the um, the the moment with the client though, uh, mm. really enjoyed that. Uh, really, I, I love the way that he delivered all of those lines. Um, and, and the fact that he was kind of lording over, you know, this idea of, of order, um, which, uh, also kind of slowly evaporates too. And the fact that he's touting the empire and their, their order, you know, that they bring. And yet we see immediately after this, the fact that the empire is not, they are like, there's a civil war within the own empire. There was one thing I was confused, and maybe you guys because I mean, they blew him up. I mean, they killed him. Yeah, that's right. what I wanted to ask. Is yeah, why is that? What is that? How you perceived it, or is, I, was he just a middleman that they wanted to take out? Go ahead. It was, it was confusing. Yeah, like um, the person on the the hologram was that the guy, the pilot that was in the the Tie Fighter. Yes. Yeah. That okay. was okay. Yeah. Moff okay. Gideon. Yes. That's what I thought, but I wasn't sure because I was like, is that him or not? But yeah. Um, I, yeah, I didn't understand why. What was the purpose of killing him? You know, 
because maybe he knew that the the child wasn't there. Did he have a fob? I don't get it. Like you know, he just. I, I what, think he's under the impression that the child is there, and he just wants the child. Yeah, but I still don't see the point of killing. You know him. That was the one. It was it's the one part that's kind of confusing. Of like, what was just just other than just to kill him? Like, did you fail me once? So I'm gonna, you know, you're you're in the way. Even my son asked that. He said, mm. "Why did the?" He said, "Why did the black stormtroopers kill all the white stormtroopers?" Yeah, they're inside there. Right. Yeah, they're on the same team. Yeah. Yeah, and I said, "I don't know. Maybe it." I was, I'm, and then I'm now we're talking about. I'm, I was thinking like. Was it friendly fire? It was so. It it didn't seem like that because they didn't even he didn't even give him a chance to turn the the hologram off. Right? He just was like, as soon as it turned off, bam. Right. Well, even the line is confusing yeah. because, because he got it right through the chest. Right through the chest. Yeah. yeah. At first, I thought. At first, I thought maybe Mando shot him under the desk. You know, like from oh. under the desk. But then I was like, oh wait, no, that's a lot more than just one blaster. <laughs> you know, and I was like. Mm-hmm. Shoot, what were you just saying? Um, to me, it reminded me of 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 the mob and how the mob was like yeah. fighting, you know, infighting and and uh, the I Godfather, you know, and like Sonny, you know, is just like blown away, you know, just like by like a, a thousand, um, you know, bullets. So what, it did make it did make me wonder though, because you know, the Empire really is no more at this point, and so is it like the Mafia, like you're saying, where you have just different factions of the same family, you know, or whatever, where it's like, well. Yeah, you helped me here, but ultimately I want my power to be on top. And so I don't want to bother negotiating for the baby or the child. Oh, that's what I was going to say. But in the hologram, that's another thing that confused me is because he says, you know, have you seen the baby? And he's like, he's sleeping right now. And he goes, you might want to, you know, look again, which I thought maybe at that point, oh, does he know that the child is actually away? And then they just open fire. So I'm like, well, if you know that the child is away, then it makes sense. But all that blaster fire into the cantina or no. a bar would have initially yeah. killed the baby. Yeah. So I, I think that he knew when he said that. Okay. And I it def, he definitely knew. Yeah. I'm, he said, I'll have him in a second. Right. He was monitoring what was happening. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, but I like Matt, what you're saying there. I like that the idea that this is kind of like, different factions and mm-hmm. sense of, okay, they wanted baby Yoda. They got baby Yoda. They had him for a little while. We met that doctor, right? And the mm-hmm. doctor did something, maybe took some of his DNA or something. And then the doctor was told dispose right. of baby Yoda, right? But, but that, yeah. And that was the client's request, but, yeah, but perhaps, so, perhaps this moth Gideon has, has other intentions exactly. or the client was working on his own, right. Mm-hmm. That was kind of pulling a, like he used information that he gained and yeah. this was the end of his double cross. We just don't know the beginning of it, but we'll find out about it. Now I have a really important question is how did he get out of the TIE fighter? Because if you notice, he <laughs> rises up and then yeah. he's walking on the ground. See, Nick, right. I thought you were going to bring this up. 
Actually, I was. Yeah, <laughs> I was looking for the right the right moment to bring it up because it's like we're on a good thing, and I was like, and I was like, I because I, I wanted to talk about the Tie Fighter because I was like, <laughs> that actually not the getting out, but the whole Tie Fighter thing made me so happy because I was like, one, I was like, ooh, Tie Fighter, and then the fact that it landed, I was like, this is the first time we've ever seen a Tie Fighter land. I was like, oh my god, because if you're someone like me, you who's know, just practical, logical thinker, you're like, how does it land? I mean, you've seen them like. And other things be attached inside star destroyers, you know, where they just drop them. And yeah. It's like, how does it land on the ground? You know, and then, so the first time you see the wings fold, and like, it's like, that's so cool. But then, yeah, yeah. then they're like, okay, how does it get out of it? You know, like, <laughs> I was waiting. Like, it was yeah. so elaborate the way the wings came down and little feet on the bottom. I thought a little like staircase would go, like, come out of something. But no, he just kind of stands up. Right. Yeah. And he's just walking. And I yeah. think they kind of actually, um, I think that I could only guess because, you know, as things, they're shooting one thing here, one thing there, but there was a kind of a cool opportunity of an introduction for this great actor, mm. get a closer shot of him rising up. Mm. Out of it. But um, that kind of like, it kind of made it more apparent that he just was like all of a sudden walking on the ground in the next shot. Uh, but it was a little disappointing. The whole thing, it was really cool. And you even see in the back exactly what you're talking about. You see the notch where where it can be held when it lands. And I remember mm. on a toy having that, yeah. you know? Yeah. I yeah. Like, love when they show stuff like that. Yeah. And and it's so awesome that we get Esposito in this, this role. Um, you know, I mean, he has so much weight behind him as an actor you know like that you know like oh this guy means business like mm -hmm. immediately um and i i love the fact that they dressed him with a darth vader chest plate Ooh, you know yeah i was looking at that too well it's, well, it's not quite exactly but it's it's definitely darth vader-esque right well it's, yeah, it's I, the, I think all tie fighters have those same thing it's, it's part of their breathing apparatus while they're in space but he's not wearing a helmet. So he's I, not wearing I, the I, helmet. But just, maybe, maybe he just likes to rock that black look. You know, he's just like, no, I, I'm going to evoke. I don't know. To me, I, it just evoked Darth Vader to me. Oh yeah, it did. So, yeah. Um, so I, I just liked that. That I guess little little call. So yeah, the whole oh, they all looked badass. Everything. <laughs> yeah. Tro I mean, troop transporter came out too. Yeah. Oh yes, and we've never seen that shot of feet hitting the ground. Yeah. Yeah, right. we've never seen a troop transport in a live action. We've we've seen it on Rebels before. It was a, a toy, uh, you know, that was introduced, I believe, at some point. Um, so um, maybe not old school toy like Kenner. Like I don't remember Kenner ever had that as a as an old school toy. I don't I don't think so, but. Am I am I mistaken on that? No, I don't think so. Okay, but anyway, it's it's been in Star Wars lore for a while. This this troop transport, yeah. Um, and uh, so this was our first live action uh, vis visage of this. Uh, I love Kara's comment uh, when we do see um, Esposito's character, um, Moff Gideon. She says, "Who's this guy?" I thought she had a really a lot of great lines, like just her delivery. Um, you know, like, like her, her moments I enjoyed. So, um, I think she's great. The, um, the two scout troopers that took off, did you, did you think with one of the scout troopers looked a little like maybe like, like 
maybe he was just a little larger than the others. Like he was a little large for a scout trooper. You see? Oh, okay. Um, he just he had that kind of like loungy kind of like <laughs> yep, just a boring day at the job. Well, they've been sitting around, yeah, for a while. It's probably like, yeah. somebody's friend who was on set, man. Exactly. <laughs> Everybody wants to, everybody wants a cameo in, in I'm not Star sure. Wars. That's how I think now. Every time I, every time there's someone with a helmet on, I think that's some we're gonna find out later that that's somebody famous who was just hanging out one day. Right. Yeah. Um all right, so um we we kind of talked about uh the end here and, and what we think about Quill. We don't want him to be dead, but most likely it's kind of a 50-50. Is he dead? Is he alive? I'm still kind of rooting for IG-11 here to, to make his his appearance. So, uh, My, my yeah. random thought when, when we were just talking about the smoking backpack and all that, and I don't know why my brain went that way, but because you're just talking about IG-11 and all that, and I'm thinking, well, he did take him apart. He did repair him. What happened to the thermal detonator? I thought about that, too. I and I, the same thing. And I, I, yeah, and I wondered if like maybe the thermal detonator was in the backpack. I'm trying to think like positively, like or or like maybe you know IG11 threw it and like something just happened to where like you know a mistake or I'm, I'm hoping for the best. I don't want him to die. <laughs> maybe it's maybe that was the plan, and it's in the baby Yoda. Pra- oh, that was another thing. Is right. He calls it a pram. Yes. That, is that a Star Wars word? That's like, a, that's like a that's like what they say in the UK. That's what you call a stroller, like a pram, right? right. Because it oh. wasn't that a. Uh, I think it was a actually a company. Oh, huh. huh. I think that's where that comes from. Yeah, uh, I never heard the word. Yeah, so yeah, okay. yeah. I, I, I'm glad that you mentioned that. I actually have that written down in my notes because I was like, pram, like look this up. And I never, never had a chance to kind of like double back around to that. There's so. a Lemonhead song where he says "pram" in it too. So I remember looking that up when I was, huh. I was like in college. <laughs> I'm pretty sure your UK uh, listeners will correct me, but I'm pretty sure that's <laughs> that's what it is. But I was going to say I love your idea. Maybe that's where it is, or they're mm-hmm. going to use that in some way, because in the first episode. Him saying, "I'm going to self-destruct. I'm going to self." I mean, yeah. I did that like thirty times. It was exactly. So, I kept wondering about any switcheroos, but they were very specific to show us, like, "This is empty. Baby Yoda's here." Like, we see Baby Yoda move a little bit when they pick him up. You know, like they, you know, there was no switcheroos happening. So, but I was very cognizant. Like, wait, is is there? Are we missing something here? But uh, I, I, I believe that the Empire does now have Baby Yoda. So. Um, any other future pr- predictions going into chapter eight? And it's, it's going to be a, a long, uh, week. Before half, we, yeah. yeah. So, um, any, any predictions as to, to what we might see? Uh, I, I think that, um, we're going to see baby Yoda use his force powers to help them get out of this situation. I think that's going to be a part of it because I think, that scene with him healing him and mm-hmm. them discussing it too, you know, and then how important baby Yoda is. I just, I don't know when they were, I was surprised with the, I thought maybe a kind of, um, I don't know, end point or a way to kind of 
remind us or kind of bring to a close all Mando's terrible parenting skills <laughs> for him at the end to be like, what I, I thought he might be like, no, baby Yoda's definitely coming with us. Did you see what this kid can do? <laughs> yeah. right. We need him, you know? And I was kind of thinking that, especially the second time I was watching is like, you should have brought baby Yoda with you. He might've been able to, you know, put a little force field around you or like, you know, help you out in some way. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I think, I think we haven't seen the last of the force powers. I think if anything, we should get one, one more usage or one more scene, you know, um, seeing that happen. So, um, I, um, I wanted to make sure that I, I had some time here to, to read a little bit of listener feedback. So, um, and uh, for anything that we messed up, got wrong, or you want to just send us an email, I would I would appreciate it if you just don't send all your hate mail to us. You know, I don't know if I'll read that, but uh, uh, you can send us an email at theforceiswelldone at gmail.com. That is our, our email. Uh, we got this email from Maggie. She writes in, she says, hi, Matt, Nick, and Chris, or the special guest. So yeah, she's, she's talking to you too. <laughs> I am just listening to the podcast about chapter five. She means chapter six. Um, I, that's my mistake. Um, I want to explain one Nick hit pick and agree with another. The new Republic dude on the prison ship didn't see Mando and the gang coming because zero took control of the ship. Zero rerouted the video or something. He mentions it when they get there. As for the 20 minutes until the new Republic uh, came uh, to the ship because the tractor tracker was activated. It doesn't make sense. Too much happened for, for only 20 minutes to have gone by. I can let that part go because Mando went into hyperspace and maybe that changes something. I have wondered from the beginning if Baby Yoda is using the Force or a Jedi mind trick on Mando and those who protected him before. I also think baby Yoda might not be able to use the force after the doctor performed experiments on him. Can't wait for the rise of Skywalker. I'm going Thursday night at eight 30. I'm not sure I'll, I'll give thoughts to share. Um, Maggie, the Mandalorian, this might be my favorite nickname, even though Maggie, the magnificent is so hard to beat. Um, I'll let you guys give some feedback. I got to step, step away for just a second. You guys give some feedback to Maggie for me. Oh, sure. Yeah. Thanks for the email, Maggie. Uh, yeah, I'm glad that you pointed that out. But my first nitpick, uh, I did not, I guess, <laughs> hear that bit where Zero took over. But I still thought it was weird. <laughs> did you hear that episode, Axel, like where I was talking about? It was this last one. Yes. That, uh, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. uh, just it didn't make sense for me to have the uh, the alarm you know, be mobile. I understood it was a plot point, but... Uh, yeah, like, you know, I I mean, I have to admit I found that to be strange too because you think that what that was really doing was just connected to something right in that room. Right. Not the actual device itself. But I kind of like I like I say, you know, I do watch these with my kid mm. and I guess I get into that kind of um I let my disbelief just go and things like that don't get me too much but if you think about it it doesn't make much sense yeah like it i mean it's like it look and also i i love the way stuff still looks like you could find it like in, in your house tracks. 
Yeah. Like, like a garage door opener. You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Like the toaster. Like, I love this. Like the, 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 the Qui-Gon yeah. you know, Bic Razor, you know, he's talking into yeah. in episode one. Exactly. Yeah. You know, I just, I, I think that that stuff is great. But if you go, I mean, I did hear that line though. I, about the rerouting of the, I remember that. Mm-hmm. That part I remember. Um, yeah, I, I'm not sure all of the things that Nick said, but uh, just like May, Mayfeld, he was my proxy while I was gone. So, oh. <laughs> little, no, we just we just addressed you know her pointing out my nitpick that was wrong and and good good on her. Yeah, <laughs> she's she's holding you to task. Yeah, exactly. Um, and and I'm 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 in Maggie's camp as far as like Baby Yoda controlling stuff with the Force because. I, I had that sus- suspicion from episode one, like all of these, or episode one, chapter one, all of these, like, uh, you know, uh, like people protecting him and, and what have you. Like, how was, you know, I, I just felt like maybe there's something more there. But um, um, anyway, um, we have a second email from from Mark. Uh, he writes in, he uh, writes, hey, guys, which is a good general description Uh for everybody that's on the show. <laughs> uh, Mark from Chicago here just wa- watched chapter seven. Amazing. Certainly the best episode of the first season thus far. Love how the episode ended on a cliffhanger. My comment is regarding baby Yoda. You guys keep saying that you hope the show doesn't include baby, uh, baby Yoda, the whole series. However, if you set up expectations for what you want the story to be, it will only be, uh, it will only leave you in disappointment, especially for Nick Pick. For example, if the next four seasons are amazing and Baby Yoda is in all four seasons, you will have it uh, in the back of your mind that is not going the way you had hoped that the story uh, is um, is limited by him. Uh, that's like saying Mando's helmet is limiting the character. It's a good debate, but my opinion is that you should go with it and not set expectations. Anyways, I like the Yoda or Obi-Wan theories that one one of them uh, saved Mando as a child. I'll throw out a crackpot theory that the person who saved young Mando is Ahsoka. Enjoy the podcast, Mark. So, thanks, Mark. Um, I like that. That was a good email. Yeah. Yeah, and and we will we will dial in our our expectations. We have, just like the Rolling Stones, we have no expectations. Yeah. Well, I think we got to do. It. I mean, I th- I think that that is a very good point overall, not just for television but life. But <laughs> True. human beings don't tend to do that. We have, you know. So I, I think you could. I think I've always been one to say. I think you can theorize and 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 uh, and prophesize and all that, but when it comes to that level of like expectation, that's a little bit different. I think you all talking about maybe that. I I would think that you're still going to take the episode as it comes, but mm. as podcasters, it is fun to kind of look ahead and talk about it. But I do try to practice non-attachment in all television. Um, because you got to let a character be, do something different. You got to let a story go in a way that you didn't expect. Because for me, my experience has been, it's been those times that um, p- 
people creating TV are the most creative and it's the most interesting to me. So though I agree with you and when I've heard you talk about that, I too expect that this is going to go past Baby Yoda because mm -hmm. the name of the show is not Baby Yoda. Right. The name of the show is The Mandalorian. And I don't think that this is his whole story. But if Baby Yoda's in it for two more seasons, I'll be okay with it, you know, because Baby Yoda's cute. <laughs> little wrinkly head. Yeah, and and I think the fact that the Mandalorian is tied to Baby Yoda from the pilot, we've seen lots of TV shows between all three of us. And if there's one thing that we've we've noticed is that the first season or the first episode always somehow makes a way back into the end of the yeah. series. So if, if there is ever a moment in which Baby Yoda is on hiatus doing his own thing, he's kicking it with his own crew, uh, <laughs> you know, I would imagine that he would still come, come back around and, and be involved in some way. Um, I, I, you know, since I still have Axel on this, this episode, you know, I'd asked my son, you know, Oh, is there anything that you think will happen in season two? You know, like, like, do you, what else do you think might happen with this show? And he said, well, maybe in season two, they meet another cute creature. Oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> and I just, I just had to laugh. Cause I was like, Oh my gosh. Like that is, that is, I was like, that's not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> my son just, I asked him, I said, uh, well, I said the next episode, what do you want to happen? And he said, um, I just want Darth Vader to show up. <laughs> but I don't think that's going to happen, pal. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Some, sometimes being the Star Wars dad does mean you're the smartest Star Wars fan in the room. So. Spoiler alert. Darth yeah. Vader showing up. But uh, they, do, they do come up with some creative ideas. And, and uh, uh, it's, it's nice to know that, that there is something that they – the day themselves get out of the show and, and uh, loves it. Um, any other last thoughts that you guys had for Mark or um, just in general? No, I mean, I, I really appreciate you guys having me on. Um, yeah. Axel, uh, tell, tell the listeners again, where they can, can uh, join in your podcast, check you out um, anything that you're doing. Yeah, check out uh, DVRpodcast.com. Um, I do Daily DVR, which is kind of the flagship, and I put all of our different pods on there. That's kind of like a master feed for the next couple of weeks. Uh, actually, you know what? Next week, I'm going to be on Ralph's Mandalorian podcast. Nice. Right. Oh, okay. Staying in the family, baby. Yeah, uh, that's, that's great. Because, that. yeah, I originally, Heath and I were going to cover the Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. Once I kind of felt I'm really going to go all in on Watchmen, yeah. I kind of couldn't do two at the same time for Watchmen and that yeah. and Mandalorian. So now I was like, I'm glad to be on this and with Ralph and um, on, uh, let's see, I'm going to be recorded for Christmas. We're doing a special. John and I are going to talk about a Christmas story and um, probably going to cover some movies until Bachelor starts up then do bachelor and curb and hopefully jump on some other pods and just keep on doing this thing, baby. Keep on yeah. man going. Um, well, watch out for those dogs. Cause they like to come in the house and steal that Christmas Turkey. So That's you keep right those down. doors locked. Um, gotta love that. Um, no, that's, that's great. And, uh, I, I hear what you, 
totally. I mean, I was covering Watchmen and and The Mandalorian at the same time, and I, I've, I'm not one to podcast that much, and it and it yeah. did put me in an overdrive. Um, and uh, but hey, while while they're on, I, I totally enjoyed covering both both of these these shows. Um, for for us um, here on the the barbecue, uh, hopefully we'll get out a, a Rise of Skywalker reactions, you know, podcast, even if it's short. We'll see we'll see what we can do about that. The um, most likely our coverage of Chapter Eight will conclude in the new year, so we'll see all of our fans in the next decade. Um, enjoy what's left of this one. Uh, at this time, I would like to uh, thank all of our, our patrons that make this show possible. If you want to help out this show in any way, shape, possible, you can go on to iTunes, give us a review, rate us, you know, whatever you want to do there. Um, we are associated with the Jay and Jack Network, and uh, they, they make this show possible by all that they do. You can go on to Amazon.com slash Jay and Jack. Any, any of your purchases, a little bit goes our way. Uh, you can also become a patron by going to patreon.com slash Jack, uh, or just go to janjack.com. It has all of the information there. Uh, there's a few patrons that we like to thank at the end of the show. I'd like to thank uh, Adat Tack, <laughs> Endor Eckhart, Mos Eisley Ed, Mon Mothma uh, Maggie, Joe Anakin Skywalker, and Drake The Drake Awakens. So thank you for everything that you've done uh, to make this show possible. And uh, all of our patrons, we, we do appreciate it. Um, and uh, you guys have a happy holiday. Enjoy the rest of, of 2019. And uh, thanks again, uh, Axel, for joining us. Nick, you. Uh, thank you. It's, this has been great. I've, I really have actually enjoyed uh, all of the Mandalorian coverage you and I have I've kicked out. So. Me too. It's been fun. It's always fun talking Star Wars. But, yeah. Uh, happy holidays to everybody out there and see you next decade. Wow. Wow. <laughs> um, great show, kids. One in a million. That's that's me. <laughs>